0: It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rule book, to explore smarter ways to work and to rediscover what's possible. It's time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. I'm Susan Campbell, and this is The Big Rethink. Today's episode is about the importance of skills training for the future of the manufacturing industry. Our guest, Conrad Mercurius is the coordinator for advanced manufacturing program at Raritan Valley Community College, and he also serves as an Invista business systems leader for Nobel ProSera. You're a busy guy, Conrad. Thanks for coming on to talk to us today.
1: Thank you, Susan. Thanks for having me.
0: So in your role at Raritan Valley, you have firsthand experience with students training to be a part of the industry that you also work in. Uh, what fueled your desire to get into manufacturing and then into education?
1: Oh, so for, for getting into education was was a because of the company I worked for, um, Nobel Pro- Procera, it's it happens that um, they were closing a manufacturing plant in Stockholm and moving that production to New Jersey which is very rare Back in 2014. Generally what happens is manufacturing jobs was leaving the the country. They were being moved out of the country. And, um, the, uh, Procera company was moving Stockholm here and we needed to satisfy the customers in Europe, EMEA, as we called it. And we needed to implement a third shift and, uh, in order to do that big move, you needed 33 new employees. Wow. And I was on a search committee for CNC operators, CAD CAM operators and so on. And I, was, I would do these interviews and I would get these applications and they said the right things, but the skills were missing. And I went to complain everywhere I could to the state, to, to my local, local boards to complain, to say, we don't have these skills anymore. And I talked about our experience and what we're doing for manufacturing and so on. And um, it died down for a little bit. We struggled with, with getting that started. But then what happened was a grant was issued um, somewhere in, in Camden. And long story, short story, they there was an opportunity for a training grant. And because I was so loud and, and, and boisterous about it, um, Uh, I I think the cliche was put your money where you're mounted. (laughs) Come down and help us to start this thing. Um, You have a good bandwidth of the skills and tasks and duties that are necessary to enter on on, on an entry level for these programs. So come down and help us. And here we are. I started with them um, with two trailers, two mobile apps that were a part of that grant. And um, we built a a full-fledged program from that.
0: How'd you get started in the manufacturing side?
1: On the manufacturing side, it was an interest of mine. Um, I always always thought I was gonna be an engineer. Um, I didn't know what engineer I was going to be. Um, I just knew that that was what I needed to be an engineer. And I started off in in college as a mechanical engineer Um, that didn't really (laughs) bode well. I went into computer science instead and um, started programming. the the, i i love to build things love to make things and when i realized that there were ways to actually program machines to do this um i started to do every certification i could i started watching every youtube video i could and then um 10 years later i was leaving a, a management role to go into manufacturing and i never looked back from there
0: wow I like your style. (laughs) That's pretty cool. So in the role that you've created, literally, you created at Rarita Valley Community College, how does that different from other manufacturing programs?
1: Other manufacturing programs, I I would say when I started, there was not, there weren't a lot to model. Okay. Um, I did, uh, to be transparent, I did travel to North Carolina to a very good program, I wanted to see the best practices, what's their bobs and their wows. And I was impressed with how they were doing it, how they were reaching back for students from um, high school and how they were, they were um, growing their population. Um, so there was nothing to compare to, especially in the East Coast per se. Um, and I'll talk about this later on, but what, what, what I thought was great for us is a weird acronym um, for developing a curriculum, it's called DACUM process. And that Dacom process um, really uh, started us in, a, in, a, in the role where we were satisfying the customer, the customer who's the, the employer. And I, and I think the reason why we're successful and why we're different is because we really do exactly what the, what the customer, the employer ask. Um, we're, we're looking at what needs generally and sometimes specifically, the employer has. And we try to satisfy those needs in the classroom itself. And what we also do is we take an opportunity to revisit the student after being employed and ask the, the, the employers to do an assessment. How are they doing? Where are the weaknesses? Where are the opportunities? And I think that's what's different from, for our program.
0: That's really helpful to get that constant feedback loop going. And you're also working with uh, several corporations to do some training, and um, and then many of those corporations actually hire your students.
1: Yes, we 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 have, and I'll, I'll give a, a quick um, shameless plug here to one of one of our key um, employer partners, Triad um, Tools, who really partner with us to ensure the sustainment um, of the the programs overall learning outcome goals, which is um, full employment, growth possibilities, performance development, and feedback to the program to say where we need to improve and do better. And Triad specifically does some training for us. Machines and equipments that we are not able to afford in the program or have they're able to host certain small groups of students to continue that training. And that really helps the program. So I think our program is so strong because of our partnership with employers. We have about a hundred employers that we serve. Um, A lot of them are not very happy right now because we don't have enough students to fill the positions. Um, But we stay, we we keep trying to recruit their needs. And we find that they're also purchasing equipment that we use in the classroom because it satisfies the end product. So our students know these, they know, have some experience on a particular machine. They'll say, they'll come in, they'll visit, they'll say, okay, they're working on this. It can actually be our next purchase um, in our CapEx. And... um, and we see synergy there also.
0: I've seen that in some of the other businesses that we work in, um, like the broadcast industry. A lot of uh, the film schools train on a Panasonic camera, and then the um, they're very the students are very well suited for when they get to the um, stations or whatnot to uh, to use the the cameras. So I just I'm struck by your drive and and your passion for helping others kind of find their career path there. That that's really um, interesting. How did you kind of come about that perspective and um, that marrying of the employer need and the student's uh, career
1: pursuit? So it's a very good question, and uh, I I kind of call it my vocation now because. Um, and and it, it all boils down to when I started to, to, to embark on this. When I started, the New Jersey employment rate was really high, probably the highest they've seen in years. And there were a lot of um, underemployed, unemployed, displaced, long-term unemployed um, uh, workers in the, at the one stops, at the unemployment, uh, in the unemployment lines that were looking for um, a change in career path, and my first group were uh, twelve grown, I would say, average fifty-five years, and when I interviewed, because we go through, our, we went through an interview process in the program to um, do a screening, if you will, to see who would be best fit for a program like this, and when they would tell you their stories. They, they were working for um, Macy's for 30 years. They were the logistics manager and now they're, they're out of a job and they still have a mortgage, so on and so forth. And all they're saying is we're not ready to retire because we can't afford to retire. Right. And, and we need to get into a, into a, into some sort of a, a career path that is, has a foundation that will not go away, that will be able to bring us back because of our bills that are piling up. The tw- of the 12 that started, I placed nine into employment. Um, recently, uh, Macintosh Industries reached out to me to say, one of my first placement is now retiring, has worked with them since 2015. That's awesome. Um, when I saw the difference that it made for that group, I said, it it, it it really solidified what we were doing. From there, um, we, it we just started to focus more on trying to narrow that skills gap because the opportunities were there. I still I'm still in close. I've gone through so many cohorts, but I still that first group, I still have their, I still know their their kids' birthdays and everything and so on and so forth. So to to say what what really drives me, I I must say the experience I had at the very beginning.
0: For sure. I could see why. So you mentioned the skills gap um, there. And there, there's data that shows in by 2025, the U.S. manufacturing industry will be down a potential 2 million workers as a result of aging employees and a lack of the younger workers entering the industry with proper training. So that skills gap keeps building. How important is the manufacturing skills training to to keep the future of the industry on a positive trend?
1: It, it's the key, I think. The, the skills training is a key um, and the type of training. One of, one of the things that, that sets us apart is the fact that we focus on the fundamentals, the, the manual machining, because a lot of the program, other programs um, focus on CNC only, the, the, the computer numeric uh, portion. And um, we call it the advanced portion. Um, and a lot of our employer partners are not there yet. You're moving into that, into that realm with the, the help, the assistance, the aid of our students. They still have old machines that were running hundred years ago. Wow. And it's, it's very important that the skills training takes that into consideration and make sure the students know that level, right? In the future, it's gonna be crucial for that teaching to happen. What used to happen before is the apprenticeship model, the European apprenticeship model was there. That, that was removed, um, the vocation school that was removed. And, and more or less that's what we're bringing back into the classroom. And that's again what's going to really push the, the need for manufacturing to, to grow as it's growing. Um, and then the other, the other part of it is to ensure that we're looking at the future. What's next? Right And that we're not stuck in one in, in, in one area.
0: So if you were to give some advice to other higher education institutions about um, manufacturing skills training program, what's uh, one piece of advice you'd offer them?
1: So it's <laughs> the employer, the employer, the employer, the uh, employer. We use a Dacom process. I'll quickly explain what a Dacom process is. It's uh, it's it's where we we locked 12 employers in a room and we asked them, to tell us what the perfect employee looks like. Skills, tasks, duties. The next day we take their boss, the best of the best worker, and we ask for their um, special traits, what makes them what they do. You put that into a curriculum, then you actually satisfy that curriculum for the employer. What you're doing essentially is taking away six months or a year of whatever the pain point of an employer would do to train an onboarding um, employee and you're giving them that much of a, uh, a, a, a boost, a start. So I would say, listen to the employer. If you listen to the employer, your program will always be successful.
0: Very cool. So, where do you see manufacturing industry headed in the coming
1: years? In the coming years, robotics is going to be huge. Mechatronics is going to be um, something that we really have to pay attention to. Um, plastics, plastic in terms of three D printing for um, prototype and, and and for other um, solutions um, that, that that manufacturing struggling with struggles with with uh, certain um, nuances in, in in equipment. The three D printer will help and provide. Much more um, um, opportunities, and I, I think I think another thing that we, that's really needed is to look at the special needs. Um, I'm, I would say, introducing that to my program. Students who are considered special needs, I've placed one um, that is doing excellent, and I am on top of the world because of it. <laughs> um, I think um, students, such and possible employees, such as uh, such as special needs, have been told that they can't do anything, and um, and when when you when they when they get this win, when they get this employment, when they get the first check, you will see the difference. So I think that's where that's where we really need to spend some time.
0: That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for your time today. I Really enjoyed getting a little bit of insight from you on. Uh, on how you're structuring the program to address the skills gap in manufacturing. And it truly is a vocation for you. It just, uh, it, it, you've almost inspired me to look into <laughs> manufacturing. You have just such a passion for it. And uh, so thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. so I, I could speak all day about manufacturing. I love it.
0: <laughs> we'll have to have a follow-up conversation <laughs> soon. Before we sign off, I just wanted to ask our listeners, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, Uh, you can help other folks find us on iTunes by leaving a five-star review or by subscribing to The Big Rethink. If you listen on Spotify, please be sure to hit follow. That's it for us. I'm Susan Campbell, and that's another episode of The Big Rethink. Tune in to new episodes every other Wednesday for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done.